Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everyone. God bless you. And once again, hello to all of our online family. What a, what a blessing to be able to worship the Lord the way we just did. I trust that your home is already filled with the wonderful presence of God. And you know what? I'm so excited today because I've been waiting to make an announcement and I finally get to do it. We will be reopening our in-person services on September 20th, hallelujah. We're gonna be together again, praise the Lord. Come on, clap right in your house, praise the Lord. And I, there's a couple of things I wanna say about that. First of all, your safety is our top priority. So if your health is compromised, um, um, we want you to stay home. We want you to continue to watch online. We're gonna be continue to do church online. Um, if you feel like maybe you shouldn't be going out yet, we don't want anyone to feel pressure to come to church. We are still one in the spirit. We are the family of God. But praise the Lord, we will be meeting together. And so I want you to stay tuned. Keep looking on our social media and on our website. We're going to be giving you lots of details. But for now, we need to celebrate. We need to get ready to come back and be together. Obviously, when we get together, it's gonna be a little bit different. We're gonna have to honor uh, some of the safety protocols that are required in our time. And, uh, and that's okay. It's not that big of a deal. The key is, is that we will be worshiping the Lord together and seeking His face. So I'm so, so excited about that. Stay tuned for more information. Praise the Lord. And now we're gonna take an offering and I can't tell you um, how important uh, your giving is to the kingdom of God. Your giving makes such a difference in all of the things that we are doing. And here's what's awesome. As you give to God's kingdom, God sees that. He sees our worship. He sees our love. He sees our investment in the eternal. And he blesses it. He recognizes it and he honors it. And he says, give and it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together and running over. There are so many reasons for us to give. The first reason is that we're grateful, grateful, grateful. We are so grateful for the way the Lord takes care of us, takes care of us and, and, and the way he protects us and blesses us. But we also know that as we give, doors are opening for someone else to be blessed. So come on, let's make a beautiful offering to God right now. Every time I personally give, whether I give through push pay, uh, which you can do, you, those numbers are up on your screen, or whether I write a check, I always pause and I think about how good God has been. And I wanna encourage you to do that right now. Pause, think about the goodness of God. Declare your trust afresh and anew. To God say God I trust you I put you first and I honor you and I thank you and I worship you come on let's do that right now father we bless you today 
We thank you for the abundant life that we have in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that our blessings are spiritual and eternal, but Lord, you take it way beyond that. Lord, you bless all of our lives. You bless every facet of who we are, oh God. God, you provide for us, you protect us, you care for us. You, you hear the cries of your people. And God, we thank you today for all of the supernatural provision that you provide for our lives. We recognize it, we honor it. And so Lord, we give a little portion of it back to you. And we say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And God, I ask that you would breathe upon this offering today. God, I pray that you would use it for the furtherance of your kingdom, to expand the borders of the kingdom of heaven. Oh God, we thank you that we get to participate in things that have eternal value. Bless this offering. If someone is struggling financially today, materially today, God, would you open up the windows of heaven and provide a miracle, God. Some people need to be delivered right now. Deliver them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, we thank you for all of the things that you're doing, even in this very moment as we pray. Bless this offering. We love you, we praise you, and we honor you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know what? I am so um, excited to be continuing on the What's Your Vibe series. We are in the second to last message, and man, I'm going to miss this series. The study has been so rich and so wonderful, and uh, so many people have had such a strong and powerful responses to it, and I want to encourage you to go back to some of the messages and some of the notes on the app uh, and, and fill yourself with these truths, meditate and pray, because our vibe is so important in this day, in this hour. The city of Chicago, the, 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 the United States of America, the whole world needs people who are bearing the vibes of the spirit. So let's get right into it. Again, what is a vibe? A vibe is a person's emotional state as communicated to others, the atmosphere created by the disposition of our being. We have a sign in our studio that says, good vibes only. Why? Because our vibes impact the people around us. And from the beginning of time, God meant to grow beautiful and wonderful vibes in us so that they could flow through us. It's called the fruit, they're called the fruits of the spirit. And um, this series has, you know, uh, uh, been all about Galatians chapter five. Let's go ahead and read uh, the fruit of the spirit. The Bible says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. These are the fruits for our heart. Patience, kindness, goodness, fruit for our relationships, and now we're in the last cluster, and these are faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and these fruit are for our personal battles, our personal struggles, the things that go on inside of us that perhaps no one sees, but we still need the help 
of the Holy Spirit. And today we're talking about the vibe of gentleness. The vibe of gentleness. Now, this word is a very interesting word. And the, the, the Bible sometimes will, tra- the Bible translators will at times translate a word and it, the, the translation of that word stays kind of, uh, let's say, centuries behind. And so part of the reason why sometimes you might read a word in the Bible, say, well, why does this translation use this word and this translation use this word? It's because the translators are trying to update what, how we understand language today versus a couple of centuries or even more. So let me talk to you about the word gentleness. In the Greek, it's pros, I think, and it's translated, the translation is interchangeable. It goes from gentleness to meekness to humility, okay? It's not just to touch something gentle. That's not what this word means. Yes, we need to have a gentle disposition, but it means way more than that, okay? It means meekness, which is controlled strength. It means humility. For example, let me give you uh, uh, an example of what I'm talking about. In Matthew chapter 5, in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, in the NIV it says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. But the New Living Translation says, God blesses those who are humble, same word, for they will inherit the whole earth. Okay, the NASB, New American Standard, says, Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Three different words all mean the same. And it's very important for us to understand that. So here's the definition of gentleness. Gentleness is the attitude. Now everyone say attitude. Yes, very important word today. Attitude is a very, very important word for today's message, okay? Gentleness is the attitude of heart that tempers our strengths, opens our spirits to be teachable, and makes us gracious even when we're right. You ever, you ever have, uh, everybody has a friend or two that when they're right, you're like, oh, good gracious, who can handle that? But see, when you're gentle, when you're humble, uh, uh, you're gracious even when you're right. Its opposite is arrogance, selfish ambition, and stubbornness. So this is a very, very important vibe. And it's a vibe that really makes people think about God when they meet us. When someone has a, a gentle, a vibe, the vibe of gentleness, people naturally will say there's something very different about this person because how many know Jesus was humble? Jesus was meek and he was lowly. So here's what the vibe of gentleness basically says. The vibe of gentleness says, I don't have to be first and I don't have to be right I just want to honor the Lord. Let me say that one more time. Okay, 
Well, remember, we're talking about attitude. And what I'm praying, brothers and sisters, I'm praying that, that God would do such a powerful work in you and in uh, and, and me, that he would do such a powerful work in us that as we walk into the rooms of, of, of uh, our friends, our family, when we walk into work, that people would know that we are servants of Christ because our attitude, our vibe says, I don't have to be first. And we all know people who always have to be first. We have attitudes that say, I don't have to be right. I just want to honor the Lord. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's really, really powerful. Can I tell you something? A humble person is a powerful person all throughout history. And I want to read the text of the day, which comes from James, because it really talks about our attitude that impacts our lifestyle. And then I want to pray. Look at what James says. James 3, 13 through 16 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Because, boy, is that an important question right now. So many people have so many opinions. So many people are sure that they are right. Okay, look at what the Bible says. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. This passage is a mouthful. We have, to, we have to really pay attention. Look at what it says. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Listen, listen to this. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven. Brothers and sisters, a lot of people think they're right right now. They have their logic. They have what they think is right and true. But the question that we as the children of God must be asking is, where does this wisdom come from? Does it come down from heaven? Listen to this. But such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. This message is so important, and this truth is so, so clarifying for us. We must pay attention because, brothers and sisters, we can actually operate under the influence of demonic logic. There are demonic logic structures. Listen, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. And so, brothers and sisters, we need, we need the humility that opens us up to the wisdom of God so that people can see it in our lives. And I want to pray right now. And you know what I want to pray for? I want to pray for humility. I want to pray that God would give each and every one of us the grace to receive the truth and not to resist the truth today. Because if there's something that, that fights against humility, is, it's pride, it's arrogance, it's stubbornness. But in order for the kingdom of God to be strong and to be powerful, the people of God must be meek and humble and gentle. 
And so I want to pray right now. And I want you to invite. You want to talk about an attitude that will transform your life? You want to talk about something that will bring remarkable change to your uh, spheres of influence, to your world? I'm telling you right now, the vibe of gentleness is what we need. I think that just by what I've said so far, we would all agree that our country, our city, would be way better if we would just get a baptism of gentleness, of the humility and the meekness that comes from the Spirit of God. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you for your word because your word leads us to freedom, to victory, to blessing. Your word leads us out of darkness. Your word leads us away from error. And it leads us into truth. It's the path that is sure, that is blessed. And so, Father, I'm inviting you to come. I'm inviting you to visit every home, every car, every park bench. Lord, I am inviting you to fill this studio with your presence. And God, to fill my mouth with your words. Hide me today behind the cross, Lord. But speak to your people because, Lord, we need to be like you. Lord, if it wasn't for your humility, Lord Jesus, you would not have emptied yourself of all of the glory of heaven and come down in obedience and submission to the Father to purchase our salvation. And so, Lord, if you could stoop that low, surely we can too. So bless this word. Bless this message. Let it have a powerful impact on our immediate, Lord God, surroundings. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So it's kind of heavy today, isn't it? But this is good, good uh, um, truth for our hearts and for our lives. Now, before I kind of unpack some of the key points of this message, I want to reemphasize that gentleness is the attitude vibe, okay? So, so last week we talked about the loyalty vibe. Today we're talking about the attitude vibe. And here's the key with humility. Gentleness is the attitude vibe because your attitude, okay, my attitude, the attitude of humility opens the door to wisdom and the attitude of arrogance closes the door to wisdom. So what that means is, is when we come into a situation and we want to solve a problem, brothers and sisters, the minute we get proud or arrogant, the minute we want self to go first, the, the minute we have to be right, we are shutting down the wisdom of heaven. It's very, very important. On the flip side, arrogance opens the door to the flesh. And as we go to wrap up this series, this week and next week, it's important for us to be reminded of the, of the fact that the purpose of the fruits of the Spirit is to overpower the works of the flesh that can be part of the life of any believer. If we don't yield to the Holy Spirit, then guess what? The flesh will take over. You can be born again, 
But you can be a carnal Christian if you don't allow the Holy Spirit, if you don't walk in the Spirit. And so we have to beware of arrogant dispositions, arrogant responses. We have to beware of, of being proud and stubborn because it is not reflective of the character of Christ. Jesus was meek and humble. Humility is what closes the door to the flesh. This is, this is vitally important for us to understand in our lives. Help us, Lord. Help us to have an attitude that is meek and is humble. Think about this, and then I want to unpack the passage. I was always struck in the Old Testament when God said, my people are stiff-necked. You know what stiff-necked means? It means that you refuse to bend and to humble yourself when that's exactly what we should do in the presence of Christ. And I want to, I want to, I want God to make my heart softer than ever before. He can make us more, more gentle than ever before. This is a work that the Holy Spirit is able to do if we will really just let him. So let's look at what this passage of scripture teaches us today about, um, about humility. So first of all, what it teaches us is that humility makes us tameable. Everyone say tameable. And yes, that is a word. Tameable is a word. Some people are talented, some people are gifted, but they're not necessarily tameable. Okay, and as children of God, our attitude has a huge impact on how much God can use us. If God can't tame you, he can't use you. Okay, if he can't tame you, he can't use you. Even though he's the one who's gifted you and blessed you, He's the one who's gifted my life and blessed my life. I can never forget that the little that I have, it all has come from the Lord. And so we have to let the Lord tame us. We have to let the Lord have his way with our lives. Let me give you uh, an example. Um, I read a biography on Alexander the Great a number of years ago. And there was a standout story um, in his life. And there was a moment when he was a young man around 12 or 13 that his father was the king. And he was the, the dad was gathered with, with a bunch of leaders. And, and, um, and they were actually looking at horses. And there was a horse that Alexander said, Dad, I want that horse. But they couldn't tame the horse. And so the dad said to Alexander, uh, uh, he wasn't Alexander the Great yet, but they said, he said to Alexander, this horse is untamable. He said, Dad, I can tame it. And so sure enough, and the dad said, all right, go ahead. And so Alexander noticed that the horse was really troubled by his shadow, and he turned the horse away from his shadow, and he bonded with the horse, and he jumped on the horse, and he actually rode off. And by the time he came back with the horse... The horse was fundamentally tamed. 
and the father gave him the horse, and that's when people began to recognize there's something special about the leadership of this young man. But to Alexander, he named the horse Bucephalus, and that horse was the horse that he rode into battle for his whole career. It was always Bucephalus. And here's the thing. What's incredible about a war horse is that here you have this animal that is incredibly strong and powerful and, 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 and so capable, and yet it allows itself to be tamed and to actually charge into a battle scene, a scene that would scare not just an animal, but scare any and every human being. And yet, because this horse has surrendered its strength and its abilities to its master's will, it charges right into danger. And brothers and sisters, how is God going to use us in the battles of this life, in the battles of this world, in the battles of our times, if we will not be tamed by the Holy Spirit? You see, the Holy Spirit has to take our giftings and our strengths and tame them. Say, Lord, I want to be tameable. I mean, some people may have a hard time saying that, but I want, I want to say, Lord, tame me for your glory because we can't be used if the Holy Spirit can't take what's special about us, what he made special about us, and tame it for his glory. And so, brothers and sisters, I know that this is a unique word, but it is a very important word. Are you a tameable person? Can the Holy Spirit really restrain you? Because he should be able to. Can the Holy Spirit really get a hold of you and say, I don't want you to turn left. I want you to walk straight. I don't want you to go right. And we say, I'll say yes, Lord. I'll say yes. So the first thing that when the Spirit is working this vibe of gentleness in you, it means that you're yielding to the, to the restraints of the Holy Spirit, which we all need. We'll talk a little bit more even about this next week with self-control. But there is a restraint. There's a, a taming that is required. Here's the second thing about this work of the Spirit in our lives. We are not we don't just become tameable, but we actually become teachable. Humility makes us teachable. Everybody say teachable. Here's what teachable means. Teachable means that you can always learn. It means that no matter what your resume says, it means that no matter how much money you have in your bank account, it means that no matter how much you've accomplished, you still have the ability to walk into the room and say, I can learn something today. You see, think about our day right now, how opinionated people are. You know what? Humility makes us less opinionated and more prayerful. And we become prayerful because we recognize that the problems of this world, the problems of our time are so big that we need God's help. We need God to teach us how to get through this. Somebody say amen. If you, have a, if you have a great struggle in your life, if you have a great problem in your life, if you have a storm in your life, you need to be teachable to the Holy Spirit no matter how gifted you are 
Because when we try in our own strength, it just doesn't work. We have to be taught by God. We have to be tamed and we have to be taught. You know, I want to give you the example of Simone Biles, who is, um, they say, so she has a combined total of 30 Olympic and World Championship medals. Simone, uh, this young woman is considered by many to be the greatest gymnast of all time. Okay, but here's the thing about, about this woman. When she was eight years old, living in foster care, someone spotted this talent, this ability. Despite the challenges, the difficulties, the hardship, she began to train. By the time she was 15 years old, and now she was living with her grandparents, she was training 32 hours a week to become an Olympian. She did homeschooling, and her life was sold out. And here's what this, what, what this example is telling us. It doesn't matter how smart you are or how gifted you are. We still need to be trained by God. We still need to be taught by God and helped by the Lord. One of the things I say to the staff, do you know how for years, how many times we counsel and we hear so many things? But I always say to our brothers, when you're talking to someone, Listen, because the Holy Spirit can whisper the solution into your heart. Don't think that you know just because you've been here before. How many know the Lord knows better than we do? And God wants us to be teachable people, not arrogant people. I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people about some pretty heavy things over the last six months. And can I tell you something? The attitudes have been all over. And I, for me, every time I have a difficult conversation, I try to check my attitude. Over the years, every time I felt like, hey, somebody's disrespecting me or dishonoring me, Uh, even as a pastor, can I tell you, I've heard the Holy Spirit whisper so many times, you know what's really important right now, Al Toledo? It's not what they're saying to you. It's not whether you're being disrespected. It's how proud are you? Will you humble yourself in this moment and respond the way I want you to respond? That's the truth. That's right now, brothers and sisters, God has a way that he wants us to respond to every situation, to every circumstance, and sometimes what he wants us to do is to humble ourselves. The musicians could come. Humility is crucial to growth and transformation. Listen, humility is what overcomes our personal defense mechanisms. Everybody say defense mechanism. Okay, we all have defense mechanisms mechanisms, okay? We have these deflection uh, mechanisms that when God is trying to change us, we protect ourselves and we defend ourselves. Humility is so powerful because when you just humble yourself, it helps us not to avoid the truths that transform us into his image. So listen, there could be something happening in your life right now, a pressure, a tension, There might be some some things about it that are unjust. There might be some things about it that are not right. And yet, what God is most interested in right now is your response, is your heart. All things work together for the good 
of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Okay, but why? It's because he wants to shape us into the image of God. Do you know, before I went into the ministry, I actually taught um, in a kind of like a GED school. And I had the privilege of going with our students to a concert that was put on by the, the jazz maestro, Wynton Marcellus. I mean, I, I couldn't believe, I was standing like 10 feet away from him. And he brought a band and he did a tour around the country and he was going to different schools and he was, he was going to programs just like some of the kids who had dropped out of high school and some of the kids who had kind of had a rough go of it. And he, he put on a whole concert, about 45 minutes. I mean, right there, right in front of them. And then after he would play songs, he would actually stop and break down what they were doing and talk about the musicians. I mean, it was amazing that he would do this, and he did it. He went all over the country. And one of the things he would say to the kids is, look, all you have to do is give yourself to learning something. If you just give yourself, say, I gave myself to the trumpet. If give yourself to the drums, give yourself, be teachable. But listen, listen to what he said. He said, humility engenders learning because it beats back the arrogance that puts blinders on. It leaves you open for truths to reveal themselves. You don't stand in your own way. Do you know that pride makes us stand in our own way? Do you know that our arrogance, when we're stiff-necked and stubborn, we're actually standing in our own way. We're standing in the way of what God wants to do in us and through us. Do you know how you can tell when someone is truly humble? I believe there's one simple test because they consistently observe and listen. The humble improve, they don't assume, I know the way. The big problem with our problems is very often the big I. If we can get the I out of the way, it's unbelievable. Let me put it another way, okay? When you read this text, and wisdom and, and humility makes you teachable, then wisdom comes down. In other words, humility opens us up to wisdom from above. And I wanna give you this chart for your life. I want you to take your problems, okay? And let me, you can take this to the bank, okay? As your humility rises, the wisdom from above, the solutions that God has, and God has a solution for every single problem. God has a solution, even if he has to step in and do a miracle, God has a, sol a solution for every situation, for our country, for our economy, for our education, for our family, for our marriages, for our parenting. Every single situation, God has a solution. But here's the key. As humility goes up, solutions go up. As humility goes down, divine solutions go down. In other words, many times we're standing in our own way because we won't let the Holy Spirit teach us. I can, I can line pastors up. We've learned this in our own lives. And I can tell you, counseling people and counseling people and pleading with people, 
if people will just take the time to hear. What is God saying to you right now? What is God trying to teach you right now? Are you operating with your deflection mechanisms, your defense mechanisms, or are you saying, speak, Lord, your servant is listening? Tell me. Tell me, Lord. I don't care about my master's degree. I don't care about my bank account. We come, in, we come to points where those things actually mean nothing. Tell me, Lord. What would happen if our politicians and our leaders would start to humble themselves? How many would agree if we could set agendas aside and set pride aside, how many would agree that all of a sudden solutions would start to open up? We would get this me first and my party first and my this and my that. But see, as the people of God, we have to mirror the humility of Christ and say, God, show me. I just speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Which brings me to the last point. Humility makes us servants. Humility takes the big eye out of our agenda. Humility puts God in charge. Humility puts the Holy Spirit in charge. Humility is important because, as Andrew Murray said, Humility is the soil in which all the other graces grow. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humility says, here I am, send me. Can I ask you a question? When was the last time you said that to the Lord? When was the last time you said, Lord, I set my dreams aside and I want your dream for my life? Lord, I've got this problem in my marriage. I've got this problem with my children. I've got this problem in my home. I've got all of these problems. Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. I believe that humility, as we go to close, I believe that humility is the missing link of the hour. Why can't we solve things? You know why? Because there's such a lack of the vibe of gentleness, the vibe of humility. People saying, no, I'm strong, but God can control my strength. God can tame me. God can lead me and guide me. I want to serve Jesus Christ. If the church is going to be powerful in this very dark, dark hour, we need a wave a wave of people in the body of Christ bowing down and saying, have your way, make me your servant. Can I tell you, uh, the head of our district here, the head of our state, he has a mission statement. His name is uh, Pastor Phil Schneider, and I love his mission statement. May we all live up to this. Look at what, he, uh, what his mission statement is. He says, I am his currency. He may spend me as he chooses. He may spend me as he chooses. You know what? I think right now we should say the same. We should say, Lord, I wanna, I wanna serve you. We talked about faithfulness. He says, well done, my good and faithful servant. How do we 
How do we become faithful, faithful servants if we don't get low before the mighty, powerful hand of God and say, Lord, I want the gentleness of Christ. I want to pray for marriages. Marriages change when somebody humbles themselves. Hardship changes when someone humbles themselves. Strife, difficulty. And so it's not easy to say, Lord, I've been proud. It's not easy to say, Lord, I don't know that I've been so tameable or teachable. It's not that easy to say, but let me tell you something. It's absolutely liberating and transforming when you say it. When we say, Lord, I just want to be your servant. So come on, lift your, lift your hands wherever you are. I'm praying for husbands and wives right now. So much stress has been on marriage. Lord, baptize us with gentleness. God, let teenagers, let, let young people, people in college, young adults. God, we need to respect our elders, oh God. But it takes humility. It takes gentleness. Hallelujah. Come on, let's invite. Invite the Holy Spirit into your heart right now.